Good evening and welcome to another edition of the Guna Ramble, a Guna's World podcast. Tonight's um, topics will be discussing the um, forthcoming um, Champions League match against Olympic de Marseille. Uh, we have a, a special guest on, on, on the line tonight. His name is Richard Lagarda. That's of, correct. Of the Offside.com of Olympic Marseille. Uh, he's a featured blogger on the PestGaming.com and ProEvo fan site. Um, I suppose we'll we'll dive right into it. Um, good evening, Richard. How are you? Wonderful. It's a pleasure to be here. No problem. No problem. Okay. Well, um, tomorrow evening um, sees the first champ- first round of Champions League matches, where we, um, Arsenal go to uh, Marseille, the Stade Vélodrome, to play um, Olympic Marseille. Uh, tell us about the, what your thoughts on the season are of, of, uh, for Marseille so far. I couldn't be happier of the beginning of this season. Uh, coming from last year, which arguably was one of Marseille's weakest teams, to finish in second when everyone had written Marseille off and had just given the title to PSG. So to finish in second, to get back into the Champions League, where I believe that, you know the team belongs, um, under the new coaching of Eli Bop, the team has really gelled together. We haven't made the highest profile signings over the transfer uh, window, but we've picked up some some bargains, offloaded some overplayed players, and uh, I'm optimistic. Right. E- even though we've been written off again <laughs> yeah. in the uh, in the group stage, yeah. it's I'm, I'm I'm comfortable and used to being the underdog. Cool. Cool. I mean, you've, you've in, in in League One, League One, you've got the the powerhouses of uh, PSG and uh, Monaco. Um, yes. How do you see yourselves um, faring up, bearing up against against those guys domestically? I mean, they they seem to be you know they have all the petrol dollars and oil money. How how do you see yourselves sort of up there and thereabouts at come the end of the season in League One, League One? Well, while both of those clubs have pretty much gone abroad in the likes of signing Cavani, Falcao, Gialmutinho. Marseille has pretty much kept it domestic, signing new, fresh, young talent, albeit on the bargain, minus uh, Florian Thuvan, who I know Arsenal fans are probably uh, quite familiar with. Yeah, we were we were said to be, or rumoured to be in for him, but uh, I don't think, I'm not sure if a bid ever actually materialised. Um... I am hearing still reports that Wenger is trying to still um, get a com- direct conversation with him on his trip to Marseille really? tomorrow. So that that could be quite interesting. Indeed, indeed. So, um, what are your hopes for uh, the the you know this, this this groups this group stage? I mean, do you see yourselves getting out of this group stage? Do you see yourself progressing? Realistically, I don't. First off. You're in the Champions League. You want to be. You want to be having these matches. It, it's it's going to be a pleasure to have the runners-up, Brescia, Dortmund coming to the Velodrome. It's going to be great seeing a strong Napoli side. These are teams you have to play regardless. I, I almost prefer a strong group stage as opposed to Marseille flying off to some far-off Eastern European country 
or, or, or to Russia and to play some weaker sides. I, I want to see them going against um, top clubs. However, um, I, I really do think how we come out of this group stage really depends on tomorrow's match. Um, arguably, there's a lot of um, key Arsenal players that are sidelined. I really feel if we can get a win here, it could propel us and maybe we can squeak by with a second coming in the second spot. If if not, if a loss happens or if a draw happens, I really see us just fading out because I, I don't think we can go toe-to-toe with the likes of the Napoli side. Of course, Brescia Dortmund just plays a wonderful game. So it, it really falls on tomorrow's match, as, as cliche as that may sound. So you, you you kind of rate your chances um, of of getting a favourable draw tomorrow, a favourable result in tomorrow evening's game. Uh, how, there's, how, yeah, there's there's really no uh, sorry, there's really no better time mm-hmm. uh, to face Arsenal. In my opinion, uh, they're they're missing just just so many key. I mean, not so many key players. The likes of Crisola. I'm not all too sure how Giroud will will play will feature tomorrow. But it's the perfect chance if you're a Marseille fan. There's no better opportunity to play Arsenal than tomorrow. Right. And what kind of atmosphere will, will, will uh, the Arsenal be facing tomorrow? Well, I've heard that 700 um, supporters will be... Around 700 supporters will be showing up. There's going to be extra security. Um, when Marseille featured last in the Europa League, there were some scuffles with um, uh, Fenerbahce fans and Borussia Mönchengladbach. But I do remember in the past um, when Arsenal did come, when we last played each other in the Champions League, there were no incidents. Yeah. So, but I expect, as always, the Velodrome is going to be it's going to be intense. It's going to be a great atmosphere. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's, uh, I suppose there's not uh, there's not really any love lost between uh, uh, Marseille and and Ar- and uh, Arsene Wenger. It goes back to the um, Arsene Wenger's days at Monaco when he accused Marseille of. Rigging or you know rigging uh, rigging the 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 championship. Oh uh, yeah, yes. So I'm sure he'll be in for a, a hot reception when he gets to um, when he comes out at the Velodrome tomorrow evening. Oh, of course. And there's still fans that are still bitter of the way uh, Nasri left the club. Right. So there's also that. Yeah, we're we're bitter of the way he left our club as well to Man City. So. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> you know, so it seems to be a trend there with that that fella. Um, can you tell me who 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 would you say are your your danger men? Who are the people? Who are the the, the players that Arsenal should really look out for tomorrow night? Tomorrow night. I would say the top three would be, of course, uh, Matthew Valbuena, who's become a featured um, featured player on the on the French side. He's he's pretty much, I guess you could say, he's our Ozil. Mm-hmm. You know, he's 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 fast, he's pacey, he he can get those uh, those those slick passes in. Also, uh, our new signing, Dimitri Payet, who's just been superb for the club, scored in his opener, just just fit right in to the mold that Ellie Bob has set. And, of course, uh, Gignac, who's had sort of a renaissance. When we first signed him from Toulouse, there was much promise, and he, uh, he didn't really live up to it. He had, uh, some, believe it or not, some weight issues. Yeah, he looked a bit they, tubby. Yeah, they, they've given uh, Parisian fans have given him the uh, the moniker of uh, Big Mac Gignac, <laughs> <laughs> but he's shed those pounds. Mm-hmm. He's he seems to have found his form, and mm-hmm. he's scoring now. So he, both those three players are in in, in pretty well form. I'd say those are the ones to watch out for. Cool, cool. All right. Um, 
So, w what are your predictions for tomorrow evening's game then? Real realistically. Realistically, and then optimistically, if you want, or optimistically, and then realistically. I'll go with realistically first. Yeah. Traditionally, we don't score much at all in the Champions League. You can look at our record. Mm -hmm. We're lucky to get two goals. It's mostly one. Mm -hmm. Most of the time, it's zero. Though we are at home, and I will take into account, you, you know, missing the likes of Krasorla and some other um, fitness issues with Giroud and, of course, Arteta, I could see Marseille perhaps pulling off a 1-0 one, one win, uh, though likely I, I consider it to be more of a tie. I do remember the last time Arsenal visited the Velodrome, I believe it was Aaron, Rams Aaron Ramsey who scored a late, I think it was in the stoppage time who scored the uh, the winner there when a 1-0 one, one win to you guys yeah. so I, I see that scoreline happening again I don't Marseille is not the team to 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 bring on three four goals it's just not not in our nature even with our new additions right I, I don't see that happening okay okay so um, yeah I mean it should be an interesting match tomorrow I know that uh, what the reports today suggest that Giroud part will, will likely play as well as Ozil um, we've got uh, Mertesecker and and uh, Vermaelen, I think, are, are in the squad as well to play. So, um, and I think I, I, I kind of I think I fancy our chances over there at least at least getting a draw, if not a, a victory. But it should it should be a good match because um, hopefully we'll come out to play. You got you guys will come out to play because you're playing at home. It's the first first game at home, so um, hopefully it should be a good a good free flowing open match. Oh, of course, Marseille. The the whole squad is is fit. Eli Bop has all the depth he needs and all the selections he needs to to bring on a starting eleven. And I'm really looking forward to it. I think you know there's there's a lot of a lot of the players in Arsenal when they were when they made their their names in Ligue 1. I had wished that we maybe would have snatched up Giroud in a in a crazy bid and mm. and things like that. So there's many 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 players that I'm familiar with and yeah. and quite fond of. Cool. Can you can I just just before you go? I mean, Giroud has taken time to really sort of settle into the English league. When he um, left, uh, or the the, the 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 season he had at um, was it Montpellier? Yes, Montpellier. Yeah, I mean, he had a quite a, he had quite a, uh, was that, was that his would you say his breakout season or had he shown signs the previous season before of being the player that he he is now? I mean, he seems to be in such good uh, vein of form, and he's, everything he hits seems to hit the back of the net. Oh, oh, quite so. There was some rumblings initially. Um, many of the players on Montpellier, before they they made a name for themselves and surprising everyone and usurping uh, or denying, I should say, PSG from many thought that they would win the title. Mm. But um, yeah, you know, I I had. I had recognized him as a player that I wish we could have gone for as opposed to uh, to Gignac. At the time, I believe we paid, I, I think it was around $11 million for Gignac. And, and I really thought that at the time the champs was our, Didier de Champs was our coach. And there was many uh, OM fans that wanted to see him move for Giroud mm -hmm. because we all... Um, recognized the potential that he had and sh and of course he's just displayed it in, in in a wonderful form yeah for arsenal it's right. fantastic so what you're seeing what we're seeing now you, you you're not you're not surprised at the kind of streak that the, the hot streak of form he's in now you you you're not surprised by it you've obviously seen it before 
Oh no, he's 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 quite the traditional striker. There were many that kind of attributed some of his success to um, having someone like Yunus Belhanda backing him up, but it it's he's really shown that that was not the case. He's proven himself in in a more competitive league, a more physical league. So it, it's it's been great watching him. Cool, good stuff. Okay, Richard. Well, thanks for coming on um, and giving us your insight into uh, Marseille and um, your thoughts for tomorrow night's game. Um, hopefully, we'll see a very good game. Um, oh, I, I hope so. And, and thank you so much for having me on. It no was a problem. pleasure. No problem. Thanks, thanks Richard. for coming on, Richard. All no right. problem. All the best thank for the you. season. Take care. You too. Goodbye. <laughs> Okay, so um, let's review uh, Saturday's uh, game against Sunderland. Good result, would you say, Inch? Yeah, I, th- I thought that was a good result. Mm. I think um, in the last podcast we tried to predict the score, didn't we? I said that initially I was going to go for 3-0, but I reined it back to, to 2-0 because I heard that Ozil was ill. Mm-hmm. Um, then he started, mm-hmm. so I almost got it right with my first yeah. prediction, but of course I didn't know we'd give away another penalty. Yeah. And um, I also said that Giroud would be the first scorer, so I got that right. But um, I think uh, Leody said 3-0, so he was closest in the end. Yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah no, I'm, I'm very happy with yeah. that. I thought that we would beat them fairly comfortably, mm-hmm. and on the whole, it was comfortable. I think we had something ridiculous, like 69% of the possession, yeah. which is you know Barcelona uh, statistics. Yeah, it? definitely. So, what do you reckon of um, Özil's uh, debut? Well, that was uh, that was a really surreal moment, wasn't it? Yeah. Watching someone like that, who's so used to seeing in, in other colours, stroll around in the red and white, it was just bizarre and. Um, I think that uh, Wenger got it right when he said that he, he was playing like someone that had been invited to play. Yeah. Um, it sort of had that air about it where he was strolling around sort of as if, you know, I'm not supposed to be here, I'm yeah. ill. You know? yeah. yeah, it was a cameo, <laughs> um, it was a real 60, 70 minute cameo, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, it was, it was bizarre, but you know, when, what he did when he was on the pitch was just stroke it around so nicely, mm-hmm. fabulous first touch. Seemed to be, you know, wearing a, uh, a slippers and smoking a pipe. Yeah, he was definitely. just so at ease the whole time. It was wonderful to watch, yeah. you know. And uh, if that's how he plays when he's ill, I can't wait to see him when he's yeah, on fire. Exactly. You know, um, the way he set up chances for Theo and then set up the, the goal for Giroud, he just made it look so easy. And that's one of the qualities of, of the best players, isn't it? Yeah. They make very difficult things look effortless. Definitely. I mean, I remember saying a few weeks ago. In the first podcast, that um, what I noticed when he was playing for Germany is not only does he make time and space for himself, but he makes he's got that ability to make time and space for others. Yeah. And the way he pulled down that ball out of midair and then just sort of stroked it the second touch to right yeah. into um, Giroud's path was 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 you know was masterful. You yeah. Know? Um, and you know going on from that, you know he he the, he made three chances up for um for was it three chances would you say? I think it was at least two or three chances yeah. for Theo. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, Theo didn't put him away. That would have been an even, that would have been an even grander scoreline. Um, oh. What do you reckon to Theo? Well, it's, it's interesting because um, I think we said, uh, you know, a couple of podcasts ago that we were getting so excited about Özil and saying that um, can you imagine how many goals Theo and Giroud are going to score with someone like that who lays the chances on a silver platter? Mm. But after that game, I thought actually, 
it's not quite as simple as that because if you think about it, it could have the opposite effect. He could either um, basically provide so many chances that Giroud finishes with bloody 30 goals a season and mm. Theo finishes with 25, or it could actually expose the weaknesses in their game. Because you imagine if he keeps repeatedly setting them up mm-hmm. and, and instead of scoring they're missing them mm-hmm. um, like Theo did it was only one game but you imagine if that carries on you would start to then question Theo's finishing ability whereas it, before Ozil came along Theo might have only got two chances a game mm-hmm. you know and if he didn't finish them we think well he only had two chances you can't really blame him yeah. but now if Ozil gives him ten chances a game yeah. and he didn't finish, finish any of them yeah. he starts sort of scratching your head thinking well There's maybe Theo isn't as good as I thought yeah. so the, the same it could go either way. He could he could either make superstars out of both of them, or he could expose one of them to be, you know, not quite as good as we thought. So yeah. it's, it's interesting that I'd, I'd, I'm I'm curious to see what happens. But I think Theo, you know, he's normally a good finisher. So I'm surprised he didn't put those away. But what surprised me about him was the fact that he likes a chip now and again, yeah. and he didn't chip any of those. Yeah. You know, I thought I think I thought the keeper was far enough out yeah, for him to chip. Uh, the keeper, but yeah. he didn't. He didn't go for that little dink. Yeah. Um, and I was surprised if you think about that amazing goal he scored against Newcastle last season, yeah. where he got flattened in the box and got Still up and got carried it. on playing, and yeah. then just just chipped the keeper. I mean, but he did know, that against Brad Frieder as well in the five-two Tottenham game, didn't he? He yeah. chipped one over him as well. Um, to be honest, I'm not overly concerned that um, no. he's missed the chance. I'm just glad that he's getting on the end of him because I think he's, you know. It will turn for him, and when it turns, um, like you say, with the amount of chances that Udzil and Kazola will be laying up for him, I, I, I see his tally going up this season. I see him getting even more than last season. I mean, remember we were saying that, you know, um, previously he might be having to sort of stop, check his run and whatnot. Now he's running onto it. He's, he hasn't got to think about it. As people say, he's best when he doesn't think about it. He doesn't have to think about it. He just has to put his foot through it, stroke it, chip it, blast it, whatever. I think we'll see a, a greater goal tally from him this season, definitely. How much, I don't know, but definitely I think we'll see a greater goal tally. So I'm not really overly concerned that he's missing chances. It's not It's not Jovino-esque. No, no, <laughs> exactly. I think you're right. I think Theo will scratch his head after that performance. I think, mm. what, what did I do wrong there? But it won't damage him. It won't no. dent his confidence. Particularly, he's he's very confident at the moment, and he'll mm. just bounce back from that and stick one away tomorrow, probably. Yeah. Um, but the combination of of Urzel's perfectly weighted through balls and Theo's blistering pace mm. is is kind of mouth watering isn't it because you just imagine if, if Theo keeps making the runs because he does make the run like 15 times a game doesn't mm. he? if he keeps making the runs sooner or later that ball's going to come through perfectly for him Absolutely. and he will stick it away but um, can you imagine you mentioned Jovino can you imagine if we kept him if, and uh, and Ozil kept setting him up oh, <laughs> and he mate. kept putting him in row Z I mean <laughs> be like, what the f- am I doing here <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, yeah, I just want to touch quickly on Ramsey again. Um, thought he was superb again. He's really, really excellent. He, uh, not only is he undroppable, he's uh, after Zil. He's probably the first team, first player you'd have on the team sheet now, isn't he? He's, he's well, really stepping into. He's, he's coming into his own, I think. Yeah. Well, it almost doesn't matter which player uh, we we could have 
buy the best player in the world tomorrow. You wouldn't be able to bench Ramsey because you yeah. just can't. You cannot um, take him off the pitch. He's brimming with confidence. Mm. You know, he's making the engine room tick, and he's timing his runs into the box perfectly. Yeah. I mean, to score two great goals in one game. You know, I, I, I liked the first one. Was all about. Um, was all about the finish. Mm. I mean, that is a striker's finish. Yeah. You know, Ian Wright would have been proud of that. Yeah. And it's almost impossible to believe that this is the same guy that was putting them all in row Z exactly. last season. Yeah. You know, uh, even better chances than that, he was putting mm. in row Z. Mm. And then he gets this chance, which is coming at him with pace, difficult to finish, and he absolutely wallops it mm. with accuracy. I mean, I can't even believe it's the same guy. Yeah. And then this, with the second one, the finish was just a stroke, but it was all about the build-up and, and the timing of the run. And he saw the space he saw the space you know to the left of Giroud and he thought right I'll pass to Ozil and then I'll just run straight into it and Ozil saw it passed to Giroud and then he knocked it straight through to him so yeah. it was just a beautifully built up goal but he was the one that started and finished the move yeah so you're talking about somebody that's that's really um, tactically aware and um, can see those opportunities yeah, and take the picture exactly yeah. exactly yeah. so he's really absolutely on fire at the mm. moment and um you know, long may it continue. Yeah. Um, as good as the, uh, we were offensively, at the back, at the back, we do saw some, some, some problems, some, some, I don't know, question marks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Sanya at centre back, he's been generally good, but um, he had some problems against Altidore. Do you think he could have been sent off in another, if, if you know, if another referee was was officiating? Well, it's a difficult one. I think um, the, the first question has to be: Should the referee have, have let play continue? Mm. Um, never mind a sending off. Mm. You know, um, because uh, when Sanya finally let go of Altidore, mm. you know, he was through on goal when he scored. Mm. So yeah. the ref should have thought, looked at that and gone, "Okay, that's a foul." Mm. But I wait a couple of seconds. You know, but he didn't. Mm. Um, it's it's funny. So, it's funny you say that because in the in in the Villa match. The referee let play go on. The guy missed the chance. Brick brought it back for a penalty, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's, it's you know, it's what everyone was moaning about, isn't mm. it? Consistency. Consistency. But um, he, um, I think that I, I'm not sure that where it is a penalty issue because I think the fouling started outside the box. Mm. But, but the issue is whether he should have stopped it or not. I mean, mm. when I first saw that happen, I saw it from behind them, mm. and I thought, well, this is all Sanya. And you know it's his foul, but then when you see it, when you can see the front of them, actually they're both holding each other. Mm. So it's one of those where it, it's it, it's a fifty-fifty. Mm. They're both pulling each other all over the place. Mm. Um, but Altador comes out of it, uh, you know, stronger because he pulls away from him. Mm. But um, I think that that's probably only because Sanya heard the whistle. I don't yeah. know, but yeah, I mean it was a bit. He does do that sometimes, Sanya, doesn't he? When he realises that. Um, there's nothing in between the striker and the goal except the goalkeeper. Mm. He does try and sort of, uh, oh, you know, mm. commit a, take one for the team, pick mm. up a yellow or something. Mm. But he, he didn't get that one right, and yeah. we got away with it. Even yeah. the manager said we were lucky afterwards. Yeah, and then we're going on to Kozioni. He's he's a great defender. He's been our most consistent defender, but he is he does seem to dive in. It's such a shame because when you look at his game, it's practically the only thing wrong with it. I mean, he's got pace, he's got incredible um, technical skill that he can pluck a ball out of the air and kill it dead. Um, He can pass, he can get in the box and score with his head, you know, and he's really tenacious. 
um, and quick uh, to get back and snuff out danger. But he bloody well gives away too many penalties. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's, it's how many this season? Two this season. Two. He's been sent off God, as well. Yeah. yeah, that's right. He's sent off as well. Got a red card. I mean, he's just is. He's got to stamp that out of his game. Yeah. And when you when you look at that, you it's not exactly something that's even difficult to coach out, is it? I mean, mm. um, I can't believe that he's they haven't done that already because you look at that tackle. It's very similar to the whole Agbonlaw thing. You got someone running into the box. They run down the side of the box and get to a position where they can't possibly score from because the angle's too tight and yet still he dives in and tries to, to take the ball off them yeah. um, so that person that striker in that position can only square the ball for someone else to score they can't really score themselves it'd yeah. have to be a, a world class finish yeah. um, so all he needs to do is is either you force know, them um, to make the decision isn't it instead of well, what, what all he needs them. to do is, is is go to ground to block the, the, the pass, to block the cross. Mm. He doesn't actually have to go to ground to, to get the Take ball, the to man, actually yeah. touch the ball. Because mm. every time he does that, he, ta- he, he, he grazes the ball with his studs. He's just mm. about to get something on it, but he, he goes through the man to get there. Yeah. And this is the problem. He's, there's no need to commit to a tackle at that point. Yeah. You know, you can just uh, force him wider and wider until he can't possibly shoot. And then try and tackle him on your feet or just block yeah, any kind of cross. Definitely. I think the best defenders tend to sort of shepherd them and make the, the striker, force the striker to make a decision. Yeah. So if you're forcing him wider of the goal, it's harder for him to, to really do anything. He's going to have to try and cross it back. Um, if you go in, if you're going to go in and, and you're going to dive in there, you're, you're making the decision quite easy for the striker. And as we've seen, the Ashley Youngs, the Suarez, is, it doesn't take them much to go down. Doesn't no. take a player a striker much to go down. No, you know, exactly. But um, I mean, you can't even say that uh, no. the, pen, the pens he's given away were no. dives. You no. know, they were no. stonewall penalties. Exactly. You know, he, he, he took the he took the man out both times. So it's not it's not like Wayne Rooney's done a, a special dive. It's, yeah. it's you know it's just bad tackles. You no. know, he, he either got the ball and the man, or he didn't get the ball at no. all, which is the case. Uh, against Sunderland I, mm. I didn't see him touch any of the ball mm. and it was just rash yeah. it wasn't necessary because mm. mm. if he'd have just stayed on his feet and then tried to block any shot or cross mm. the ball would have bounced off him gone out for a corner and then you know we've got time to, to reset haven't yeah. we yeah to regroup definitely um, moving on um, what are your predictions for the for the master I mean first of all injury updates like a um well, like, what I've heard is that um, Mertesacker um, and Özil uh, have been past fit because um, both of those were only ill. They they mm. were just sick. Yeah. You know, there wasn't any proper injuries, so mm. they seem to be all right. Um, and Giroud is uh, fit as well. Mm. He did have a knee problem mm. and it was taped up in training today, but um, they seem to think he'll be all right to play. Yeah. So fingers crossed he won't aggravate his knee during the game tomorrow because yeah. uh, obviously we do need him yeah. uh, we don't even have Sonogo as backup because no. his back is yeah. out apparently um, we're taking Akpom aren't we we're taking Chuba Akpom yeah exactly happen. you know that would be that would be pretty amusing wouldn't yeah. it um, if uh, Giroud comes off and say well there you go Chuba you know <laughs> welcome to the Champions League yeah. the age of 17 or whatever he is yeah. but uh, no, it's, uh, we haven't got Podolski to put no. up front. That would be my first choice. So we have to pray that um, Giroud comes through the game unscathed. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, cool. Um, predictions for uh, the Marseille game? Well, um, I, I think they're a decent outfit these days, and mm. um, so I don't see us hammering them, um, especially because we're a few players liked. Um, so I think it'd probably be uh, a close win, like a you know a one nil or a two one, something mm. like that. I can't see us thumping them by a massive margin, mm-hmm. um, but you never know. Yeah. What do you reckon? Um, I've, I've, I've got a, I've got a, I think two nil. I can see us winning two nil actually. Yeah. yeah. I can see us winning 2-0 and I, th- I think as you were saying it, it, last week that I wouldn't be surprised if Giroud gets another early goal he likes his early goals mm. he sets the tone he's got yeah, to set the tone for the game just score early and then mm. I can stroll about for the rest yeah. of the game <laughs> <laughs> just strut, strut around looking good looking, looking handsome and shit. that's right check yeah. my hair yeah. Um, yeah so I'm going for, G- for Giroud 2-0 you're going for Arsenal yeah ok I'll commit to a scoreline then mm-hmm. I'll just say 1-0 Ramsey 1-0 Ramsey cool all right, great stuff. Okay, so it's been a short one. Unfortunately, we didn't have Leo D to join us this week, but hopefully he'll be back for the next edition. Um, Very quickly, though, mm-hmm. your uh, man of the match for the Sunderland game. Oh, my man of the match would have to be just because he scored two goals, and he's, uh, he's just because he scored two goals um, and his general round play. I'm going to go for Ramsey. It has to be Ramsey, doesn't it? Yeah. There's no one else really. Yeah. Ozil was great, but mm. uh, it was all about Aaron at the end of the yeah. day. Um, and uh, our new feature, Dickhead of the Week, mm-hmm. I, I, I nominate Paolo Di Canio for <laughs> inviting the referee to send him off. <laughs> I mean, seriously, what a dickhead. I can't argue with that, mate. I can't argue with that. These, pe- these people pick themselves, don't they, really? <laughs> I said, what did he say something about, oh, why don't you complete the job? <laughs> yeah, why don't you round off a perfect performance by sending me off? And he said, "Well, thank you very much. I will." You know, but the fans are well pleased with that. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. All right then, cool. Okay, let's round it up then, Inch. So um, we'll reconvene again next edition, hopefully on the back of a, an Arsenal victory. Yeah, look forward to that. Cool, great stuff. See you soon. See you soon, mate. Thank you.